Let's get mystical, mystical. mystical. I wanna get mystical. Let me okay. see it. Spirit rock. I don't know. I'm trying to like remix the words. That was pretty good. Happy spooky yeah. time, everyone. Happy Halloween. Happy All Hallows Eve. Happy spooky time. <laughs> spooky, spooky, Very spook. Today we get mystical. And I feel like even that term can be defined or felt differently. I feel like, yeah. I think it's like a general umbrella. We're definitely using it as an umbrella to our mini tangents that we're about to go off because they're definitely just mini tangents. I mean, I think it's basically just like what's mystic, which is like kind of basically the unknown and unexplainable. Mm -hmm. Maybe I should look up the term mystical before I, I like that, that though no I agree well that's your interpretation and your definition and I agree with that yeah inspiring a sense of spiritual mystery awe and fascination which is mm. basically what this world's been doing to me because uh if I don't have some sort of inspired awe I'm going to become very aware of climate change and the collapsing capitalist society that we have built mm-hmm. so we're gonna get mystical <laughs> and, we'll yeah. and um yeah so we kind of like, what? Yes. I was no, just going to no, say, no. like, we, we, I think you were about to say it too, so we broke this up into different sections of like, what do we want to hit on? And there are some things, phenomena that we both experience that mm. are unexplainable. And yet these patterns, we do believe in that there is something deeper to look into. Dude, I had one happen to me yesterday. Okay. Yeah. So like I have this thing with lights. Um, we can like, we can totally talk about this. It's been a thing that I've been noticing since I was in high school, which is like basically everywhere I go, street lights go out or like um lamps turn off or something. And it's not like someone's turning them off. <laughs> like that would be weird if it was just like lights turn on and off, but it's me flicking a light switch, but it's not. It's like actual lamps turning off or like um if I'm walking down the street street lights will literally turn off one after another with me as I walk um Mm. and that happened to me again yesterday it happens to me all the time and And what I want to like emphasize on that is that it's not because you know some lights are scheduled to turn off the thing is this has happened to you so many times since undergrad yeah that or I don't know if it was before I just remember like being on the phone with you when it would happen yeah Um, like this is years and years so you can't be at the same time when the lights are automatically scheduled to turn off at different locations across the west coast no and there's (laughs) like there's like some lights where it's happened to me multiple times with that specific light and so there's um like on my drive, on one of my drives in Portland, I think when I'm on my way to work, there's a like lamp and it'll be like, I will be driving home at like 6 PM. And then the next day I'll be driving home at 5 15. And then the next day I'll be driving home at like 7 30. Right. And it's just like every single time the light shuts off. Right. And I'm like, well, that's just rude. <laughs> so yeah, that's, why did we start talking about this I feel like that's an example of like I feel very strongly about how coincidences don't exist and that that's a term for us 
to make sense of these phenomena, except like, like, oh, this happened to you and then it happened to someone else you're just like oh wow that, what a coincidence I'm like yeah. is it though is it really if like I just have people in my life where especially during like traumatic series of events that has also happened to them but it, it had happened separately mm-hmm. and so like we weren't experiencing it together and then now this person's in my life so it's like how yeah and you know like and I feel like there's almost like, Mm -hmm. I was going to say, it's almost like there's like these universal patterns that we go by. I was going to say like, you can call it like a sign. People, you know, will say, this is a sign. This is a sign from the universe. This is something Mm -hmm. that, you know, your higher being that you believe in has brought to you Mm -hmm. and whatever purpose that might be. It doesn't have to be like, oh, this is like, oh, something we can talk about later. Like, oh, this is like a soulmate. This is like a person that has to be there it's like no maybe mm-hmm. they were planted there at a period of time for whatever reason I don't know how long they'll stay or how important they'll be but the fact that that experience happened is not a coincidence yeah I yeah and I think like there's something about um something that I've really noticed and I've started to almost associate it with generational trauma is watching families like I is kind of getting back to like universal patterns and then like what it means to kind of go in and out of each other's life like what we're talking about mm. and something for me that it's almost mystical though I know it's a lot of psychology and just like generational trauma but it's like I will watch families do the same thing every single generation where it's like mm-hmm. um I like, think science can be mystical I oh, as a I, psychology major I truly think science is mystical and I know that there are people who are like to think, you know, within the binary of science is like, no, science is fact, science is this. And it's like, actually, science is stories. No, actually, this was, I went to a really interesting talk one time. It was really fascinating. It was about the idea of like, what does it mean to um, associate science with magic? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's this idea that people want to take, you know, science and put it in one box and take magic or like mysticism or religion Mm -hmm. or whatever and put it in a separate box when in actuality they should be in the same box because all they're doing is just explaining something nobody understands and we're finding ways to like slowly understand it and I what I want to add on top of that uh because you brought up capitalism and politics and I I start all on that um we now use science in magic or the mystic as weapons by by itself or against each other and I think about that with you know beliefs on the vaccination I think about that with just you know herbal medicine yeah so I think the politicizing of something that is one in the same is very interesting yeah I know it's this um I just remember because like and I think it's so easy because especially the way that we are like taught to grow up it's like this idea that the spiritual and the magic and the religions are all these like is almost like against science it's this idea that they're like they can't be 
And so it's like, I mean, that's something you raise with we think of like the fact that there was always like creationism isn't a thing. It's always evolution. It's like, yeah, I 10 out of 10 believe in, believe you, whatever. But like, it's also like this fact that it was always, it had to be against each other. Does that make sense? Like it's always been considered butting heads. Like I remember yeah, these types of discussions happening in my science classes in high school or in college when it would be like, yeah, so religion's wrong. And it's like, like, because of this, because science proved it's not this. And it's like, okay, but like, why are they the two constantly combating when all they're doing is explaining what happened? And so right, it's like, right. in my mind, in my mind, like, um, when we see these people who are like, oh, anti-vaxxers because of their religion or this and that and this and that. And I, I think it's because we've pitted science and religion or just belief in like the idea of something extra, yeah, like against each other. And when yeah. it just doesn't make any sense to me because in my head, I agree. Just like, they're just both you trying can... to explain what the fuck's going on in this wacky ass world. Yeah. And you can, you can believe in science and still hold on to your faith. Absolutely. And I think, I think that's that the best way to do it. Right. And there, there are very much extremes that we see in the media of like, if you're one, you can't be the other, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, literally why we're divided, but like, <laughs> yeah, the binary, the idea that there's always this right and wrong, right? Pisses me off. Okay. I also want to spin off of a phenomenon that happens to me, just like mm-hmm. you with the lights, is I think there's two things in terms of patterns. One is this number pattern of the six, three, eight. Yes, that's been a thing for you for a really long time. Yeah. And first it happened with another friend. Mary, you were, you know, kind of also there for those moments. Um, and, you know, angel numbers exist. So that could mean something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just me being on my phone at the right time or looking at the clock at the right time. I will dart my head to my phone or to the clock and suddenly it's six o'clock at night, 6.38 p.m. And I'm like, do you, oh. do you think that, do you, do you think that part of that could actually be like almost like you're you now have an inner clock that's like trying know, to do this right? self-fulfilling prophecy I don't know like yeah yeah I don't know but again something I can't really explain and again we'll want to look into or like I do think that there's something deeper there whether I look into it or not you know like, yeah. I'm just I'm gonna let it be I'm gonna let it be <laughs> that's kind of how I am with the lights I'm like okay yeah <laughs> I have a flashlight on my phone whatever fuck it <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, I'm just gonna, you're gonna do what you do. And then the next thing is how I don't have, I told my therapist this was a while ago, I don't have happy dreams. And she kind yeah. of laughed. And I was like, no, like, I'm for real. Like, I don't have good dreams. Like, the dreams that I have are either very violent or they are kind of like mundane things, like, I'm not in school right now, but I have dreams about school. And like, I don't know, there's one time there, I was like back in high school. And I was with this kid that graduated with us and we had pizza in one of the rooms. Like it was something super like yeah. mundane. Um, and on top of that, so there's two things about my dreams that 
I think about or that you know that I'm conscious of once I wake up is that one is like first of all why are they so violent like either mm-hmm. um in terms of violence like so this will be a trigger warning um of it'll happen to me where I'm either running away from something or someone and my life is in danger so it is just me which is hilarious because I don't run it's just me running <laughs> and there was do you feel like you run really slow or do you like no this is life or death I am running for my life yeah and when I'm running there was one I was just in like a suburbia and I was just running down the street and someone shot me in the ankle fucking right and you know I know and here's the thing usually when violence happens I feel like this is something typical in dreams is like if you're about to die or if you're about to get hurt it doesn't you wake up then mm-hmm. you know I didn't wake up yeah I, kept, oh. I was still running with an with a bullet in my ankle mm. but that that was interesting because I have had dreams where you know like I'm falling off a cliff um into like a land of skulls in my fucking in my mom's minivan like I'm just off the off the mountain or whatever that I'm on and so, once I'm falling, then I wake up. So we've talked about this a little bit where it's like nightmares are a way to process trauma. It's a way that your brain's trying to figure out shit, basically. Right. And, I, and it makes sense to be like, I have these very, which I do feel very intensely. And so these dreams are just visuals of my feelings mm-hmm. being very extreme and dramatic. And then another thing that I think about well actually still on that topic is then I maybe I watch too much like murder tv which I don't I I don't think I do um watch a decent amount of it I again processing anyhow (laughs) there is now most recently I've had dreams of violence against other people but it's yeah. not me doing it. It's just me being there when it happens. Uh-huh. And obviously very intense. And they're all people that I care about and that I know personally in real life. So it's like, why is this happening? Um, and then the other thing on top of that is I do have people that show up in my dreams. And they're all people that, you know, like you show up every now and then. Like people within my life at work or whatever. Uh-huh. And I do think about like, what do they represent in my dream world? Do they represent something? I had a dream recently. I told Don this. Um, we weren't hanging out. She was hanging out with someone else, some random girl I don't know. Uh-huh. And she comes to me with a message. And she's like, hey, so-and-so is worried about you. You need to get back to him. And so I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh. And like, that's it. That was her purpose within that dream. Mm-hmm. And so I texted her I was like I I do wonder like what if you suddenly are a messenger within my unconscious <laughs> which yeah. I think is very fitting for her it is no it's very fitting for um that friend actually but so here's my thing is like what do you think it do you think it means something I think it all means something so what do and you again, think I, think, means? I I I don't even know if I care to know what it means because mm-hmm. I think, like you mentioned, it is processing. Mm-hmm. And if I have to do this while I'm sleeping, which is kind of the only time I get to process things, like yeah. actually like sit with what I'm going through or whatever, you know, 
Um, and sleeping is very healing. I, I'm going to let it be. Like, I don't want to, you know, like, I don't want to fix it. Yeah. That's what I'm, I don't want that suddenly have happy dreams. I'm also like never have had like nice dreams where I like wake up in a garden in Italy and I'm suddenly on a gondola or whatever, you know, like I don't have a good time. <laughs> do people have those dreams? Like I, genuinely- okay, they do. And I'm like, how? Cause I don't, I don't have nice dreams. You don't, you don't either. Right. I used to have this reoccurring dream. Let me tell you about one of the weirdest dreams I've okay, ever had. Go I got two. So okay. one of the weirdest dreams I ever had was that I was in an animated cabin that was like frozen solid. Maybe it wasn't a cabin. It was like a, it was like a mess hall. Like a, we were at a camp. It was frozen mm. solid. So everything, but it was like animated. So it looked like everything was just white. Right. Like Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy animated. Yes, I was getting, I was getting on that, like very okay. Cartoon Network. I also have a, a horror Cartoon Network dream. Oh my god! <laughs> and so, go, on, like, go, go ahead. So, like, we're all sitting there, and everybody who's like in the dream is not animated. We're all like live, mm. normal people, and it's snowing outside. There's a huge blizzard, and there's a huge like hole in the roof. So we're like in the ceiling. So we're like trying to avoid like snow falling on us and then this kid comes up to me and he just goes should I summon him and I was like (laughs) summon who and he goes the yeti and I was like maybe not (laughs) and and then he just starts singing opera I shit you not and then we start hearing like this like ghostly opera like out in the wind and then suddenly this yeti like rips open the door and finishes like the ballad with this kid and I was like what I woke up means nothing <laughs> yeah no some, and I've never had really and then dreams. so that's yeah. interesting and then um <laughs> the other one that I had was that I was a little 11 year old boy I am a woman (laughs) and (laughs) it was my job to save the world from an alien apocalypse type deal by stealing their egg. Don't know what the egg was. And my, um, the people who I teamed up with were all of the villains from the live action Scooby-Doo 2 gang. (laughs) Like, you know, so like, like the guy with like the big tank on his head and all that stuff. And then, um, it all took place in Disneyland. <laughs> like, what does any of that even mean? And I just okay, think what, that's so funny because I also mix like shows with real life. Yeah. And and I wonder if those shows honestly, some Cartoon Network shit was like creepy. And I'm Dude, thinking Cowardly Dog. Cowardly Dog. Yeah, and that when you started saying like the house was frozen, I'm literally picturing like the desolate like land that they're on. Yeah, um, the the dream that I had. This is the first. I think I will mark this as my first nightmare because before I could have bad dreams, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. You know, like but they're not nightmarish where they are horrific. This one was horrific, and I remember because I remember telling this friend I had at the time and her mom because I was hanging out with them. This was in middle school, elementary. They were very insensitive and I was very sad about it, but whatever. <laughs> and so the dream was I was at an airport with my whole family. So my two sisters, my two parents. And the airport, I like picture it to the left 
my mom is holding my sister. They're looking outside. And then to the right is like half of my old house I used to live in. And it was the master bedroom. And the first scene, my, I think it was my mom or my dad. This is, okay, trigger warning again, violence. Um, there's a knife in their neck. Oh my Not God. a knife, a dagger. Um, okay, thanks for that. So, okay, they're gone. Um, and then I go into the master bedroom and then it's literally the same like light blue walls that my parents used to live, uh, you know, like sleep in. And then their bathroom and something even happened to my dad. I don't think I knew what happened, but I just like the dream kind of like foresaw. I was like, oh, okay, he's also dead. And then I come out and it's these characters from um, Codename Kids Next Door. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like the pirate, um, the candy pirate and uh, some other characters. Uh -huh. And I think it's a candy pirate. And um, Sticky Beard, it's him. So he was there, but a real person, like live action. Like not animated. animated. No. And then he's telling me, me and my sisters have to go. And so that now it's the hallway to my front door of that same house. Okay. Which I did, which I did not live in at the time that I was having the dream. Yeah. So you're like very confused. Yes. Yeah, so it was all very confused. And here's the thing again, that is another life or death situation where mm -hmm. I suddenly have to flee. So, yeah. and I mean, so one of the, the things that I thought most recently was like, okay, I'm running away from my problems. I'm running away from something or whatever. Honestly, I'm so good at feeling my feelings at the moment right now that I'm like, I'm not running from anything because I'm a mess. <laughs> so, I mean, now the dreams have changed. So it's like, I should keep a journal, but I don't, that's a lot of work and I'm tired, mm -hmm. so I just sleep. I just fall back asleep. Um, so one of the things I've told you about that I do is that um, the side of the pillow I'm sleeping on, if I, after I have a bad dream, I flip it over. Like yeah, it's like your little ritual. Right. And usually that works like 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. And then at the next dream that I have, once I enter that deep sleep again, <laughs> it's not um, nightmarish. Yeah. Except that's always kind recently. of, yeah. I mean, that's kind of interesting because it's like a little like effect that you do on yourself. It's like a little psychological trick, which I think. And that's the thing is, it's not like real. My parents implanted that on me because I would wake up. Actually, this might be something to look into as a child. Um, I would wake up with bad dreams. I don't know what they were. I was a child. My parents would literally knock it out of bed. They'd be laying there like, just flip your pillow and go back to sleep. And I'm like, okay. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It was, whether it's a placebo or not, it's working because my psyche needs that. Yeah. I so, feel yeah, like- A lot on dreams. Honestly, okay. So this is kind of like very similar to the way that I feel about astrology. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like almost like self-fulfilling kind of like universal patterns prophecies yeah yeah but it's also kind of like this like level of like I think astrology is super dope I think it's like really fun and yeah. cool and I think that there's something in there that is very truthful about you know what we mm -hmm. do that being said I also think that it comes from our just like immediate desire to organize things in our head and to like yes. sort and really figure out like what's a threat, what's not a threat. Right. I almost, I almost think that it's like kind of like ourselves trying to figure out like what's bad about us, like what's a threat to us that's in us. Mm. Um, Ooh, that's why I see 
I see astrology as therapy. Like I know CoStar is a fad and I know that it's all trendy, mm-hmm. but I like reading my horoscope for the day. I like looking into the alignment that t- the stars are in today. What does that mean for me? And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, the person who is writing these things, it's healing to have someone or something else tell me things about me yeah. that I already know because I don't believe me. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, for me, this sounds, this is actually really interesting that you related to therapy because for me, it became, therapy is a way that I am able to figure out defining something for myself. So like when I'm, you know, when I first got diagnosed with anxiety, I wasn't convinced that I had anxiety because it was just me saying I had anxiety. But then I went and I saw a therapist and they were like, Hey, you have anxiety. And I was like, Oh Yeah. Okay. So it was almost like this confirmed. It was like the second right. voice. That's yeah, why, you're yeah, right. So it's like, really so it's like, you know, when it reads things where it's like Virgos really like being, um, because we're both Virgos, but it's like Virgos like being in control and they tend to be really connected with the earth. And I'm like, I am. <laughs> yes, I'm a control freak. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, okay, like this makes sense. Or like, they tend to be the more like, um, it's just so reassuring of things that we already know. And part of it is that we have been socialized to not believe in ourselves. Oh yeah. And that's sad. And as sad as it is, it is reassuring. And I would never, I'm going to bring up the TikTok that you sent me. Um, about how there's this girl on the TikTok and she's like when you ask a guy about what his sign is or what his birth time is like you don't sometimes you don't really actually care when they were born or where yeah like you, you don't care if they were in Aquarius or something how do they respond to that and I think that's really important because I mean, that's a value for me, at least, like given the conversation that we're having, if you're not able to hold this type of conversation within this theme, I cannot be in your space and I don't want to engage with you. Well, honestly, I don't even think it's that like if it's like, I don't know much about astrology, but I like, you know, here's my birthday, whatever. Yeah, because what if I'm really into it? And if they gaslight me for being excited about something, that is a problem. And that's the thing is it's like less about like, how much do you know? And it's more like, are you going to like look down on me and start to kind of like shit on me on our first date mm-hmm. when I'm just trying to like find a way to kind of get to know you? Right. And it's like, then I really get to know you because I know that like the mm-hmm. second I bring up something you don't agree with, I'm going to get gaslighted. Mm-hmm. Gaslit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think it's a really interesting thing. And I think a lot of people don't like, I'm. I feel like some people put too much of a definition into astrology, but that's just like my own personal beliefs. Right. And if um, that works for them, that's awesome. That's great. Um, but one time I literally was in an interview <laughs> and they asked what my sign was. And I said, Oh, I'm a Virgo. And they were like, okay, like, okay. Like I can work with Virgos. If you had been a Scorpio, I would have probably ended this interview. And I like laughed. And then she looked at me and I was like, Oh my God, you're dead serious. I mean, Scorpios are crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in a professional job setting where you're, I, I, I would feel so gross after because it's like you're obviously capable uh-huh. for the position. Uh-huh. Well, that was the thing was just kind of like, okay, so when you start like letting these types of things kind of get to you, that's when I think it starts to kind of like overstep. In my mind, it's like when people, 
it's very similar to me in my mind when people like use like, oh, well, I have depression. So that's why I'm this way. And it's like, it doesn't get yes. to be an excuse for you being an asshole. Like, right. It's suddenly this excuse. And I think there are, there are very practical and efficient ways to use astrology and to believe in it. And then there okay. are the things of like, the, uh, again, like the trendiness of astrology is very high right now. Yeah. And it does make me, I mean, it's fun. Like you said, it, it's some fun shit. And at the same time, it's like, I know that they're capitalizing off of it mm-hmm. and that they're just taking these very general senses and putting it on a candle and putting it on an eyeshadow palette and yeah. selling it as that. And, you know, that's fun and that's cool, except also kind of reeling it back and like understanding that these are, these are true guidelines that are set before us to analyze the planetary houses like you know so it's like there's there's always a fine line somewhere yeah and I think it's kind of like in my mind like you know the Myers-Briggs tests and the um anagrams like Mm -hmm. yeah they're all guidelines they're all very general like yeah well and it's also this idea of like it is it goes back to wanting to sort things in your head like you want to be able to sort things that you have an understanding yeah and it's very and it also goes back to like wanting to confirm your own thoughts so it's like when you take these tests and they say hey like you are in ESTJ which means you're an extrovert and you're like I've always thought I was an extrovert you know whatever it is like great now you have that but it doesn't then get to be an excuse or like a huge reasoning as to why you are the way you are it's like oh these like terms and as we talked about previously about like science and mystic of like we suddenly take something on and then weaponize Uh it. And that weaponizing might look like using it as an excuse to be an ass. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like so many people, I mean, we see it, this is like taking it to an extreme measure, but when we see people, we see people doing it to the point of like abuse. Like Mm -hmm. we will literally, like we see it in very random situations. Like um, when a person's saying, oh, like, I'm sorry I hit you, babe. I'm just really stressed right now. Like, it's, like, using, like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, when you're Yeah, just- it's, like, these, these emotions and, like, being able, I mean, first, being able to label your feelings is, like, a, a pro. It's a good thing. And mm-hmm. then adding on, but dot, 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 dot. You know, it's, like, yeah. you just can't use that as an excuse. No, <laughs> to yeah. pretty much sum it up, like, yeah, I think I, I feel like I'm just saying it seven different ways, but it is something that I get really stuck on. And I think it's something that I even talk about in past episodes where it's like, you don't get to like use your shit as an excuse for being yeah. a dick to the world. Like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, like just because your moon sign is in Leo doesn't mean that you can treat me the way that you do. Isn't your moon sign in Leo? It is. That was an example. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My mind's in Aries, so apparently I'm stubborn as fuck. <laughs> Come on. Uh, okay. So what is your big three? My big. You and I are flipped. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Because your rising is in Leo. Because my rising's in Aries. Yeah. So like. Right. So my big three is I'm a Virgo sun, an Aries moon, and a Leo rising. And then right, my. And then Vir- I'm a Virgo sun. Yeah. Leo moon, Aries rising. Yeah, we actually have, I think we have almost the exact same 
don't do you remember this we have like the exact same it was like there was like two except for those two those two are just flipped right and I was Mm -hmm. like that's why astrology is so fun because also just like I think this falls into coincidences of like how are Mary and I so close how do we get so close so fast and maintain our relationship so like grounded you know like yeah part of it could be the placements that we're in part of it is just we're just two educated bitches you know well and also I I, like I personally and we're gonna get into this because what we decided to do for this next part is we decided that we want to list a couple of words that are often um like interpreted interpreted as a form of like mysticism or something like that and one of them is soul and I really want to talk about the fact that you and I have decided that we are soulmates and I feel like a lot of people look at soulmates and assume that it's romantic when in my mind I'm like I just think that there are people who are meant to be in your life whether it's in a romantic sense whether it's in a friend sense like in any sense I think that there's a reason I think souls are connected for multiple different reasons Mm-hmm. like that's that's always been my kind of take on it so it's just like for me it's like that doesn't mean you need to be in my life forever although you do Tina <laughs> no yo, yeah it's required at this point yeah we're remember we're starting a cult together and um but I also think that it means that just like there's just a purpose for them to be there and in my mind that's what it means to be a soulmate it I, I think so too some big romantic I love you so much. You stars of my sky or something. I I think so too. Cause I, part of um, what I wanted to talk about too, is kind of like the energy of someone. And I think that has to do with also soulmates or soul connecting Uh and just like energies being able to collide and work together in a certain way. Uh And I think that that is, you know, if we take both of us, for example, I think that that's what's working and that's what's happening. Uh And I think meeting new people, like solidifying my ideas of energy and soul and and all these mystic terms. It's like, that's also on my mind when I meet people. Yeah. I'm like, what is your, you know, you might call it, what's your vibe? And I'm like, no, like, what energy are you giving off? Are you present? do you want to be interacting with me right now? Like I will analyze that and I will physically feel that almost. And I don't know if that has to do with empathy or not. I don't know if that's just Mm -hmm. like me being very overly conscious because I do have anxiety. (laughs) I also feel like there's a certain part of like, I think we're all aware when we're around people that fill us up rather than drain us. You know, like for me, like I have. I feel friends. like not everyone's aware of that though, because I know that there's a point in my life I was not aware. aware. I don't know if they're consciously aware is a thing. Oh yeah, like you'll feel like if someone's around and you're suddenly like really tired after, you're like, oh wait. Yeah, like I'm tired, you know, and then right, like yeah. maybe you don't want to hang out with them anymore. Maybe that's not like a conscious thing. Whereas like you and I, we've had so many discussions that we have become pointedly aware of this. But yeah, and, and because I, of experience too, of like people who have been like oh very much draining um so now I want to talk about witches because I think that this has been first off I have no idea why but like witches are super trending right now which is kind of interesting to watch and I 
I wonder how people who are like Wicca is their religion or like, you know, something like that, right. how they're feeling about these things. That's how I feel about astrology too. Like when we were talking yeah. about that and, and like crystals and um, it's interesting. And I have thoughts about incense culturally, mm-hmm. but like, it's, it's very interesting how trendy mystical experiences are. Yeah. And I think, I don't know what your thoughts on this too, is like, it, it's a pro and a con that it's trendy. It, trends can normalize things. Mm-hmm. So discussions about, you know, being Wiccan or discussions about um, paranormal experiences that are not then looked upon or looked down upon, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but then at the same time, because it's, it can be trendy, people don't take it seriously. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that's kind of interesting where I've we you and I both we've watched like certain things become trendy and then because they became trendy nobody fully really understands like what they mean like this was talked about in um Benchtopia that episode that we discussed mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago where they said intersectionality is a huge term that everybody thinks they know what it means but in actuality like it's being used as if it's like different levels of difficulty rather than just like the absolute unique experience of what it means to have this specific placement in the world in our culture Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it's like kind of one of those things where like I feel like a lot of people are going to start misunderstanding what it means to be a witch and I don't even fully understand what it means to be a witch but yeah for sure I just feel like it could lead to like some forms of almost appropriation or assuming that yeah like doing something spiritual you are now actually you know yeah like you're a witch because you lit a candle (laughs) yeah or something like that and it's just there's so many or honestly I've seen a lot of people who like will mix cultures and call it being a witch Mm. you know and it's just kind of like no you're just like and it's it's fine to have your rituals and to have your thing right but it's like right also please like be aware of the fact that like actually incense is not something that was normally practiced by European witches, like, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's like when you're bringing all these different parts together, maybe take a look at like where these are totally. all coming from. I or think it are you just does... someone on TikTok do it? Right. I think this does have to do with race, ethnicity, culture, and practice in like, and geographic location. So mm-hmm. like there's a lot of practices in witchcraft that involve like herbal medicine Uh and you know in the western colonized world we hold on to you know science and doctors and so in some contexts then that witchery is looked down upon because it's different Uh and then on top of that the thing is those practices that are associated with witchcraft are actual practices that have been centuries long involved with indigenous peoples and also geographic location wise like my family participates in Uh like herbal medicine um so those are those are like certain things that where there's an intersect there like we'll, we'll use intersectionality there of almost cultures colliding and people misinterpreting and misusing 
certain terms and certain practices. Yeah. So again, another fine line of, you know, people who say they're a witch. I think, yes, first to generalize, we are all witches. We all have rituals that we perform. We all have patterns and memorabilia that we hold on to. And generally speaking, we do have those capabilities, especially with the energy that we hold and the kind of connection that we have as humans to the earth. That's Mm -hmm. something I believe in. Um, And at the same time, you also cannot claim to be a witch if you are not within that lifestyle. I think it's just like claiming something so strongly is can be difficult because yeah. that could be I guess, appropriating, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah. So I'm looking, I'm looking at the um, like actual definition from it. It's origin is old English, uh, which is um, came from the term Wicca. Um so the original definition of it was a woman thought to have magic powers, especially evil ones, popularly depicted as wearing a black cloak and pointed hat. But the other definition is a follower or practitioner of Wicca or of a modern or of modern witchcraft. And so, like, I don't know. It's really interesting to just kind of see like how the definition's shifting, because I could understand if you are part of like the Wiccan religion, being like. Okay, we got a lot of people using stones and not really knowing what it means, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think too, it's kind of like a situation where what came first, the chicken or the egg? You got first definition that you had said, when we think of a witch, especially during Halloween time, it's pointy nose, like a wart on one side, the big pointy hat, a broomstick. Did that... Was that depicted in Old English or was that then created by media, popularized, and then that became a definition? You know, well, so actually, because I also think about like the crucible. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely the crucible, but also there's actually, I watched Charmed growing up. Um, oh, oh, yeah. There's, oh, there's a whole episode where they actually talk about like, what does it mean to have the pointed hat? What does it mean to like have a broom? And they even do this in some like different things where it's like the broom was actually meant to literally sweep out the evil spirits that could be continuing on it. Mm-hmm. Like, like all these just like different things. And it's like, so there's like, there was a purpose for them. And then they were villainized. Right. You no, know, it was like, so yeah. now it's like the ugly monsters. Are. Let's go into this. We're going to go on a feminist rant because witches are also women or depicted as yeah. women. I, I and the villainizing actually... of women mm-hmm. being powerful mm-hmm. is a problem for me. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, so I was actually looking at a stat for this or I wasn't looking at a stat. I was listening to The Dollop, which is a very great podcast. Highly recommended for everybody. And they were actually talking about how when they were doing witch hunts in, um, you know, Europe and stuff, it was like, I think it was like 80% were women and then like 10% were children. And then like the other 10% were men or something like that. It was like some ridiculous doubt where it was like, it was clearly about women. Very few men were being, you know, told that they were witches or wizards or warlocks. I don't actually really know the difference between a warlock and a wizard, but, and then like there was somewhere it was like, it was just children. It was literally just children who like 
somebody had just named because they happened to be the kid of someone who was a practice who was like a assumed to be a witch right and they would get you know killed yeah and stuff like yeah. that so it is really interesting because there's actually like a lot of and you see this in the crucible right like and you see this during the salem witch trials mm-hmm. and it was a lot of just people taking advantage of the fact that people were scared and using mm-hmm. it as a way to get rid of the people they didn't like right and blaming them for you know mishaps in life yeah and it also became a way to scare people into becoming extremely strict with their own religion like think about it if you were living in a place where suddenly witches were being hunted and it's because one of them happened to offer you an herbal medicine that like happened to offer someone an herbal medicine that happened to heal them they would still get punished because they used herbal medicine so suddenly it's like on top of it you are also requiring people to stay within these strict confines generally of a judeo-christian religion and Mm -hmm. it allows you to keep control over them yes and the thing is it's just reflected in it trickled down this is still something that is happening yeah it trickled down better than trickled down economics Mm -hmm. it's just uh it's, it's an effect as we speak yeah, and so it's like, it's really interesting that, I don't know, it just is fucked up. It's all fucked up. It was just men being scared of women. Yeah. And needing yeah. another reason to be able to maintain control. And it's like, right. also, there were literally people who would be like, they would make herbal medicine and they would say, here, take this for your cold. And then the person would get better. And then suddenly would be like, you're a witch because I got better. And it's like, bitch, she helped you. Like, I- <laughs> what (laughs) you know another example of how this is still happening now is that we use the term witch hunt when it comes to I'm so mad at men for that I'm so mad at men for that I'm so mad at white men for that white European men using that bitch and we use that the witch hunt was a genocide you are uncomfortable (laughs) like (laughs) like that truly truly that is literally the reason why they're up in arms and you know typical witch hunts that we see in the media are when someone's on when a white man is on trial when you know like those are things where it's like that is called an investigation um in our judicial system yeah and it's like okay the closest it's just a process baby okay also if you really want to look at it like the closest we probably ever got to witch hunts in the u.s okay well slavery so there was that that's Mm -hmm. cool but politically yeah but politically like if we're really talking about like you know present day what's happening mccarthyism maybe because it was literally which is what the crucible is based on it's based off of mccarthyism Mm. did you ever hear about this um i don't religion so okay so well, you know what McCarthyism is? No. The Red Scare. Okay, so McCarthy was a guy who basically wanted to hunt down all the communists in the U.S. So a lot of people mm-hmm. started getting really scared um, and being like, oh, I think my neighbor's a communist. And there would be no evidence and the person would be oh, brought yeah. to trial. Mar- <laughs> uh, Marilyn Monroe was brought to trial. And she was like, what? I'm benefiting <laughs> from all of this capitalism. <laughs> like, you know, Um but it was all these things. So then like it started becoming a witch hunt 
for all the communists mm-hmm. when there was literally no evidence. It was just by word of mouth. So then yeah. the author of The Crucible actually wrote it in response to McCarthyism. Because, that... he, yeah, because he was like, um, because he was like, this is stupid. Like, this is all just like, this is all just and like, people, what? People make this it is up. all based yeah. off of nothing. It's just evidence. It's yeah. just someone yelling and saying, I saw them wearing red one time. And then they were like, fuck, put him into jail. And it was like, it's exactly like how the Salem witch trials went. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. Wow, I can't. Why are people I have so a lot annoying? People are so annoying. No, it's awful. <laughs> uh, that all witches. Okay. I'm very interested on the difference and we'll go through each one of spirit and ghost because I feel Uh like I don't really know how to describe what I think I feel like a spirit is almost like I don't want to associate it with energy but it's like an embodiment of something that is maybe once was alive or is alive I think I think and that's what, a working definition for me. So I, I don't really. Yeah. You know, okay. So I'm going to just say it. the best definition I have of spirit is uh, Colors of the Wind by Pocahontas in the Pocahontas movie, where <laughs> she was basically just saying, like, you know, like every rock and tree and creature is like has a spirit, basically. Like everything has something that they're contributing. There is something some entity that belongs to every living every single thing not mm-hmm, just living mm-hmm. it can belong to rocks it can belong to a mountain and so for me I think that was kind of the definition that I started going with apparently Pocahontas did a lot for me um but um yeah, yeah no, I, I think, think like that, that makes sense okay yeah yeah and for like, me, I, in my mind ghost is unfinished like it's like there's a reason that you're lingering there's a certain consciousness to it um which I believe in so (laughs) yeah I think when I was thinking of okay what do I think a ghost is immediately I thought a ghost is a force Mm. and it kind of has this same idea of like it embodies something Mm -hmm. except there's a bit more intention Mm. and I think that kind of aligns with what you're saying how there's there's unfinished business there's some sort of purpose that this ghost is still in our dimension. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, In my mind, like, I don't think when we're talking about a spirit, I don't think we're talking about there being an issue, if that makes sense. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. I think in my mind, ghosts like are more like, I'm here to protect you. or I'm here because I have this, like, you know, in my mind, like, and maybe that's just because of how it's portrayed on social media, but Whereas, okay, like, what you just said, how it's like you were just kind of explaining a ghost is like, I'm, you said I'm here to protect you. I think that's another good point, too, is that ghosts aren't all haunting. They're not all here for negative purposes. Some of them are here to be a guide. Yeah. I said that or, way too confidently. No, I mean, you really did. You, you really did. <laughs> but I think in my mind, like, it's like they have more of a purpose than a spirit, whereas a spirit's just more like, I am just an entity of this earth. Entity, like, yes. And that's, that goes with my working definition, too. Is like, they, ju- they just embody something. Yeah. And there is a liveliness to it, even though there aren't, there's not a heartbeat. There's not blood flowing in the veins. Like you said, a rock. There's still this sense of liveliness. 
yeah well it's definitely just like and I think it's another way to like it's some it's a portion of the vocabulary that we have in order to actually connect with the world around us mm-hmm. in my mind like it's like by saying everything has spirit aligned to it whether it comes from the past energies that have passed it mm-hmm. or anything like that we're not I don't know. It just like allows you to find a reason to be connected to the earth. And I think a lot of people, this is kind of why I think witches are so popular right now is I think a lot of people are trying to find a way to reconnect with the earth because we've stopped connecting. And now we're at a point where like climate change is a thing and everybody's like, fuck, like we have to like realign with this. And this is the Mm. easy way that they're not the easy way, but this is like the main way they're seeing to realign. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Just girly thoughts. <laughs> Just girly things that we do. And I mean, okay, on top of that, another term, we're talking here within our reality that we can see, that we can grasp. The afterlife, though. Mm-hmm. I, you know, like whatever space that might be, there definitely, I definitely do do think that there are multiple dimensions I mean and I that can't might have to do with there's not <laughs> like yeah right like I can't even confirm nor deny yeah so it's just I think this goes back to like the core like coincidences don't exist type of belief that mm-hmm. and maybe it's all the the movies that I've seen like if you watch another earth like there's literally another earth and like they're replicas of each other of yourself and they live a different life um and so things like that or in terms of the afterlife um there is this movie with Robin Williams Mm -hmm. and it's called what dreams may come and it's about him and his experience in the afterlife and they just call it the afterlife um and you know not heaven or hell and they they do go into it there's just a lot of traumatic events that happen in that movie that led him to be in this space to be processing himself in the afterlife and guided by a spirit. Um, and I, I don't remember why I watched this movie. This was in 98, this came, movie came out in 98 and I'm pretty sure I watched it alone. And so like, it really stuck with me visualizing someone in their afterlife. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of like, how do I visualize the afterlife? Mm -hmm. I think for me, I was born and raised in a Christian family. And I still, I still like have remnants of those beliefs. I think, I think I've definitely stepped away from the church because I think that the church is pretty corrupt, but I do still like would say that I'm a Christian person and so when I think of it I think of like um like obviously like heaven and hell but for me I think like people have a tendency which makes sense because this is how it's portrayed in media um to assume that it's like heaven super bright and nice and like everybody's happy all the time whereas like um hell's torture and everybody's being killed and stuff like that And I remember I read this book one time and it was like, maybe heaven and hell, like, aren't that dramatic. Maybe it's more just like 
heavens, your like your spirit being able to finally find peace, like mm-hmm. and just rest. And like it's like less of like actually like a being and more of like just like this like rest that you get to go into. And then maybe hell is just understanding that you never get to have that rest. Mm, yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting definition. That's I also just, I don't know. I've started to try to kind of like deconstruct my thoughts when it comes to that, because I also think that like, I don't really believe any religions are wrong. Generally, like I have a tendency to think that there's like, there's a reason why basically every single culture has a heaven and a hell. And there's a reason why every single culture has ghosts and stuff like that. And it's because there's some grain of truth to it in my mind. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I also think like, it's very human to do this and it would be hard for us not to, to think about death yeah. and what would happen after. And I know that, you know, skeptics of religion will think that it's kind of, you know, just people trying to convince themselves that they get something after they pass. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot to think into that. And like you said, like no one is wrong. And which is why I think there are multiple dimensions we can say, use that term. And that, you know, the afterlife might be one dimension that overlaps with ours that we're living in. Because yeah. we talk about ghosts and we talk about spirit that they may be overlapping with us and that Mm -hmm. the afterlife and the present time might be coinciding. Wow, that would be interesting. Right. And I think about that because the practices that my family has, we we often put offerings out for the dead. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, this, you know, shrine that we have is a medium this communicator to our dead loved ones yeah. by lighting that incense, by clearing the air, by putting food out while we're eating. There's this transaction. Like between, there's this, yeah, like there's an interaction that gets to happen between these two dimensions that are layered on top of each mm-hmm. other. Yeah, That's and it's hard for me not, right, it's hard for me not to believe in that because I've practiced it for so long. Yeah. And even though I didn't understand it as a kid, as a kid, I was just like, oh, I get to light stuff on fire. And as an adult, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, oh, as these burn, these are transitioning into that other dimension of space. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, my, my mom is very heavy in still practicing and believing my dad, not so much. And growing up, my dad's very much like you know also anti-church and just doesn't believe in religion and that's just because of his experiences with with religion um and growing up there was a bit of that push on to us and at the same time he was like believe what you want and yeah but obviously he's not going to agree with you he's biased yeah (laughs) and at the same time we still and maybe it's because we've lost loved ones is that we do hold on to these practices still Mm -hmm. not just out of habit but out of like, I still light incense in my house, even though I don't live with my parents and I don't technically have that shrine um, that a lot of Chinese homes have. But I yeah. do have a, I have altars set up in multiple spaces mm-hmm. that are very intentional. Yeah. 
I don't. So I <laughs> like that's the thing is like I wish that I had given been given the opportunity to have interactions with the afterlife more than I did growing up. I think like for us, like for me, it was like you go to like a funeral and then it was like, okay, that's it. Now they're in a better place. And it was like mm. you were supposed to move on and assume that there wouldn't be like anything further with that, which was kind of like interesting and I understand how like a lot of people are like yeah you need to move on otherwise you're not going like because especially when you're experiencing deep grief I can understand the psychology behind that but I do wish that there was something more beyond just kind of like leaving flowers at the grave I mm-hmm. wish that there was a way that it would could be like this like at least you're still connected to me and I think it's hard to like being raised in a Christian household it was hard for me to like assume that they could still be connected to me mm. Yeah. And that it seems, and not, maybe not everyone wants that, but it sounds like that is something that you would have liked to have. And I yeah. think that goes with any, any living thing. Um, and that, I don't know, it's difficult. Cause I, I also would agree the closure is nice to have that, you know, you went to that event, which is a funeral or a memorial service mm-hmm. and you kind of close the loop in that except we are human we're very complex and there's so much more when it comes to grief or passing on you know like in in processing yeah well and that's that's I think that's it's just wild it's just wild and and maybe that's why you know some people might not believe in this you can call bs and say you know that maybe what I do is just practice because I do want that feeling you know maybe it is yeah but it works for me and that's why maybe it has nothing to do with like the actual world it's just like a way for you to create peace for yourself right and I I see no wrong in that in which I which is why I also you said this again there's no wrong in religion there's no one that's above the other Mm -hmm. and I think as you know I always get skeptical of like me saying out loud that you know, my, my dad's anti-church or whatever. And like, my parents didn't raise me to be religious, but that's just the, that's just a stereotype threat from the American Christian culture that I have, that it's given me space. Like my, that my higher self is like, no, 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 it's okay that you haven't been. Um, Because I think it, for some people, it's like, well, why, what do you believe in? You don't believe in anything? Like there's this, then it's like, whoa, 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 that's not what I'm saying. And there's these conversations that are being had that get very extreme when it comes to this conversation. You know, I will say that's actually something that I really had to deconstruct with myself and religion was growing up, I thought being religious meant you went to like a separate place from your house and you dressed nice and you- I mean, same, you go to, like, you go to church. Yeah, and you like, or you go to the temple or you go to something like you, mm-hmm. it was like this a idea building. of like, Yeah. And there was a person who taught you about religion. There was like a person Mm -hmm. who did something and they were, and they knew more than you did and they were going to help you. And it's like, that can be really good for people. But for me, when I stopped going to church, because I just realized I didn't like what a lot of them were saying. I didn't like the idea that like LGBTQ plus people were wrong. I didn't like the idea that we could like be mean to Islamic people or Muslims. (laughs) I can do words. Um, because they were of a different religion and 9-11 happened. And it's like that in my mind stopped having anything to do with my relationship with religion. Mm-hmm. It, my relationship with religion was more about understanding my place in this world and understanding how to live my life 
in the best way. Um, right. And I think your faith is your faith. Well, and whatever that's faith that might be. And I think that's what gets convoluted for some folks who might think, you know, that practicing religion a certain way is the only way. Well, and that's the thing, right? It's like, it's just, it's exactly that. It's this idea that like, for me, when I stopped going to church, I suddenly was like, am I not religious anymore? Like, and I, I had these like thoughts where I was like, do I not like believe in what I believe in anymore? Because I'm not actively um, going to like, you know, going to church every day or praying like every morning or at dinner at every meal and stuff like that. And it's like the more that I became comfortable with my own understanding of the world and my own religion with for me is with just God, um, the more I realized that like I was just trying to take societal pressures out of my own beliefs mm -hmm. so yeah nice and it's always growing and it's there's always something to discover mm -hmm. about yourself or or about you know the mystics that are involved especially given what we're saying mm -hmm. um and just how there are things that we don't see. Yeah. And because we can't see it, you know, it might not be legitimized. Yeah. Fun shit. Yeah. Ooh. This is getting, this is like my brain starting to melt, I think a little bit from all of this. <laughs> no, I think, I think, I mean, to, to all of y'all listening, our intention, I had a feeling it would go this way. Our intentions with this episode was just to like kind of go batshit and just like talk about weird shit. Yeah. And at the same time, it is so hard not to be connected to this conversation, like, and to be very like consciously intentional with our wording and like our beliefs, because we've also both had the time to talk this out of like what we believe in and what we value. And, yeah. and we've had time to process personal. it yeah that's very personal and very intimate and that's and we're very confident in what we think and what we believe in and so yeah I think that that's kind of what it is and I think for everyone else like I would love to know other people's definitions of the afterlife energy like the unseen what does a soul right what does a soul mean within your culture and your practice or like, what have you developed? Like, because for me, honestly, I think Avatar The Last Airbender, you know, the animated show might've actually had like a lot to do with my beliefs these days. <laughs> I think about this a lot. Like, I genuinely think that they were onto something when they talked about the spirit world. I mean, I the last Avatar The Last Airbender is very much a reflection of East Asian culture. And I don't think you're wrong is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, I don't believe that religion can really be wrong in every aspect. I think that there's some level of correctness in every religion. I and also think, I mean, on our, our past conversations building upon that and also Avatar The Last Airbender, we have, oh, I'm getting really excited. I, we have a deep connection to our natural surroundings and that involves nature and it involves the trees and involves the rocks and involves the elements in which the last airbender is built mm -hmm. upon. So you have the fire nation, the water nation, you have earth, you have like it's, well, what's the last one that I just missed? Air. 
air. (laughs) Um, And how these elements guide them in their cultural practices. And I think going back to like geographic location and like ethnic background, like I feel very strongly to the sun. And that's why Lord's new album really got me good. Like there are things that have to do with, you know, my ancestry, like living in villages and and living in humid conditions, humid conditions and like me wanting heat and feeding my melanin and like feeding my spirit, my personal spirit of just like the way that the sun gives to me and that empowers me to give back in whatever I do. And so there's a lot of that. And then when you brought up climate change of just some people are more disconnected than others and some people are more connected to others. And like you said, like rebuilding that connection to the earth, I think is a part of this conversation too. And obviously a part of the political conversation. Yeah, which is kind of interesting because you're saying that you feel really connected to like the sun and warmth and like fire. And for me, it's like, it's always been earth. Like I've always felt very connected to the ground. I think a big part of that is because I'm not a huge fan of heights. You should not see me on an airplane. I'm like not meant for the air. Um, (laughs) But for me, like I remember when the 2018 report came out for climate change and they were like, you have 10 years to fix this shit. Otherwise, it's going to get a lot worse. And now more reports Mm -hmm. are coming out and they're saying, hey, we're not fixing it. Our time's running out. Like, and it's getting to the point where we might not even have those original 10 years anymore. And Mm -hmm. for me, like, it's like, I feel so much, I've been going through like a real grief process with it because Mm -hmm. I have always been so connected with what it means to talk about like, you know, like what it means to be a part of like, the earth and what it means to be like a part of like the people who are here and who are supposed to be caring for it and feeling like this failure and this Mm -hmm. idea that it's like they're the absolutely innocent beings innocent spirits that are going to be horrifically impacted by this and it breaks my heart so (laughs) that's why i'm super into like eco-friendly and like making sure that we like have very low like carbon outtake and stuff like that um but it's something where it's like, it started to make me realize just how connected I am with the earth. Like I'd rather go to a forest than an ocean. I'd rather, you know, like things like that. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. It's raining so hard here. Yeah, speaking of water. Water. Speaking of water, it's raining so hard. Yeah. So. And that to me is the earth talking to us. Yeah. Oh, I think the earth is sending messages. I think she's pissed at some people. Oh, oh, I could name those people. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's getting real um, Jeff. Elon. Uh, Mark. Fucking Mark. <laughs> I know. I think um, at this point, we've, we're going to have talked to everybody's heads off. My brain's melting. Yeah, this was a big one. This is a lot bigger than I think we expected. And at the same time, I'm very impressed and grateful for this conversation. I really, really want to hear everybody's thoughts on this because this is- I want to talk about this so much. Yeah, as exhausted as we are, 
Should we make I want to hear more. part two so one of these days? Oh, okay. We could do like a part two. Yeah, like a, like a follow-up. <laughs> yeah, like a follow-up. Like, you know what? I would love to do a part two where we like actually talk about what people have sent us. Like talk Ooh, about done. people's thoughts. Done. Pulling out my I phone. Would, yes. I would love to do that. So I think yeah. we should do that. Um, well, anyways, happy ha Halloween, everybody. I hope you have a spooky, cozy day. And, you know, watch mm. Practical Magic. Learn some shit. I don't know. Jennifer's Body on Amazon Prime. Jennifer's Body. It's so feminist. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, bye. Right. Talk to you soon.